once I was introduced to the retrospective, to me, it felt like, obviously, like marketing campaigns are not rocket science. People do them all the time. Like if we just get together yeah. and talk about what worked and what doesn't work the next time, like everyone will have a better experience. And that's how trust is built. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, before we jump into the episode, I thought you might be interested in this. Tax attorney Braden Drake, who you've heard here on my show, is offering his entire contract vault for only $30. That means you can save big moolah in legal fees and snatch up his client services agreement for your freelance business. Braden's contract vault comes with an in-depth explanation of payment terms and legalese. It's everything you need to know about contracts to protect yourself and look professional. Grab it in the show notes below. It's the best product out there, and I knew you'd want it. Okay, let's jump into the show. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer. We've been doing a whole launching series, and today we are wrapping it up with a talk about what to do when the launch is over and kind of what you should be doing ongoing. So if you're new to me, if you're just catching in, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 140, How to Become a Launch Manager, 141, all about the pre-launch strategy with Brenna McGowan, 142, the six launch emails to include with every promotion with Brittany McBean, and the last one, 143, with Jen Posick, all about Facebook launch event ads. Today, we're discussing launch retrospectives, and quite honestly, I'd never heard it called that. And my guest today is Becky Rubenstein. Becky comes from the corporate world, used to work for a big name, and has figured out how to add this type of launch debrief to her services to help business owners, course creators, membership site owners go over their launch and get better. This is just an ingenious thing because I have been a part of many launches and very rarely do we stop, take a breath, go over what worked, what didn't work, and try to get better. It always feels like with my clients, as soon as the launch is over, we're rolling right into the live program. There's more work to be done, and we don't always take the time to gather our thoughts and talk about what went well and what needs improvement and create an action plan from that. So Becky today is going to help us dive into this, what we should be doing. This is crucial for my DMAs, my digital marketing assistants, especially those who are inside my digital marketing work group and the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. Because when you start getting involved in launches, you're going to witness this firsthand. And how you bring this information to the table for the betterment of the team is so important. And you can immediately start taking a leadership role. So today we're going to talk about what Becky did with my team. And at the end of this podcast, I'm going to go over my Trello board and share what my team pulled out and be completely transparent with you. So first, a little intro about Becky. She's a brand strategist and a content creator who believes a work should be meaningful and human-centered. After recovering from corporate burnout, she launched her freelance business, moved across the country, and now she's helping solopreneurs who are ready to scale and create healthy remote team processes. You know, if you're the one behind the scenes doing the work, you know that it's easy to feel 
overwork, underappreciated, and burnout. And so this retrospective that we're going to talk about is going to help you push past that and take on that leadership role that we talked about. Before we get started, go check out my roadmap to becoming a launch manager. That is my freebie at emilyreaganpr.com slash roadmap. And here you can save yourself $5,000, skip the project and launch manager certifications, and figure out how you can get involved with launches right away. And here's the thing, even if you're working the chat desk, even if you're posting social and not involved in the strategy, you will still be involved in these retrospectives because this is how the team gets better. So grab that free download, and then I hope I see you in our launch marketing roundtable. My digital marketing workgroup is opening again in March. We're going to be hosting a roundtable where we have a live panel discussing what the work is like behind the scenes when you're involved in launches. It's going to be really good. It's going to be two hours. The details are coming. I'm a little bit slow on my registration page, but just make sure you're on my email list and listening to the podcast and you will not miss out. This is going to be a fun conversation, a rare conversation from the people who are really doing the work behind the launches. So I hope you're going to join us. All right, let's jump into the interview. Hey, Becky, welcome to the show. Thanks, Emily. Happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you. You did one of these retrospectives for my team after our launch. Uh, You've been a member in my work group, and this is now a service you're offering. Will you fill everyone in about where you got to in your freelance business and why you started offering these? Yeah, so... I come from a background of 10 years of corporate marketing experience, and I decided, like a lot of people did in the pandemic, to switch things up, take a break. I drove from San Francisco back to the East Coast to be closer to family. And so once I was sort of ready to start back up again, I was kind of going through a little bit of a career, what do I do with my life crisis, and just really benefited from like the online coach, the online course world. And so wanted to see where I could offer something in that space. And I found you and I found a couple other people and I kind of just started from there using my experience to help basically online solo entrepreneurs. Okay. So let's start with what is a retrospective and bring us up to date with that. Yeah. So at its basic core, retrospective is a meeting. It's a team meeting. It's a debrief on whatever happened from the last project, last launch, last milestone. And it's an opportunity for the team to get together for like either an hour to an hour and a half, depending on the size of the team. And you go over what worked, what needs improvement, and then what action steps should you take for the next time. A lot of different industries use it. I learned it from the software industries because a lot of software engineers use it. And it's a really, really helpful tool to just get everyone in the same space to reflect and move on for the next project. Yes. And I love this. And you had told me when you approached me that you had done this in your last corporate job. And I had actually never heard the word. It was brand new to me. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of came from the government nonprofit world where, you know, my work was way different. But it makes sense because it's good practice to sit down after lunch and go over this. And usually entrepreneurs have small teams and we're just like filling out a doc and we don't really give the post-launch like the brain space we need and then cycle up to the next launch and we've kind of have forgotten everything. And I know I'm supposed to keep track of things in the middle of the launch and it's really hard. I mean, we're juggling all of the balls and this is one of those things that just gets like 
tucked under. So you had approached me and my team and said, let's do this. And I was like, hell yeah. So can you walk us through like what that process looked like? Basically, because you're a remote team and, and retrospectives, by the way, can don't have to always be remote. Like if you run a team in person, you can do this a little bit differently. But I'll talk for a moment about what the remote version of a retrospective yeah. looks like. So I am what would be called a facilitator. So I'm not on Emily's team. That means that I'm a really neutral party and can walk into a space and maybe like point out some of the things that everyone else wouldn't notice. So I approached Emily about this and basically we just put a team meeting on the calendar. I sent an email to her team just to say, hey, like this is what a retrospective is, just so you know what's coming up. And basically I just created a board. So you can create a board on Trello. That's what I use. Some people use Mural. These are just like online whiteboarding tools if you're not familiar with them. And basically you just create three columns as the facilitator. So I create a column of what worked, what didn't work or what could be improved and action items. And I sent that out to the team in advance. So let's say you're sort of an introverted person and don't want on the spot to have to shout out like what didn't work. You have an opportunity in advance to kind of put in your what you felt like worked or didn't work. By the way, I should say this meeting happens at the end of a launch. So we had this meeting after Emily's big course launch. Like roughly a week after the course launch, we all got together and I basically facilitated this meeting where um, it's really just a a safe, like focused space for everyone to get to write down in the board. So if you are in person, you use sticky notes. If you're in Trello, you know, it's all online. And then everyone gets a chance once they offer up their suggestions in each column to vote on which ones they think are worth talking about. And that's where I get in and help facilitate like, okay, like, can you tell me more about like, what didn't work about, you know, your work in Asana this time? Or Emily, tell me more about after the webinar, how you need a little bit more help. And then after that meeting, I send a recap to the team basically on like how, oh, sorry, I should say one of the most important parts of a retrospective is to assign people to next steps because that's how you know that an action item will be taken, actually taken place if somebody yeah. actually is assigned to it, right? And then afterwards, send a bit of a recap to everybody. So that's it. Yeah. Emily right now is going, oh crap, what were my next steps? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. One of mine was deciding like my affiliate tech, am I going to stay with it or not? I remember now, but like as you were talking, I was like, oh God, what it, what ball am I dropping? But this was so important to me because Becky created yeah. this neutral place for my team to brain dump a bunch of ideas. And then Becky helped select the top ones to actually discuss. So we didn't have time to go over everything, but it was really important. One of my team values is that everybody has a voice. Everybody's opinion is heard. I want everyone to have a seat at the table. I want everyone's brains on strategy. And so I really want this like, what do we call it? Like 360 feedback. Like I want to hear and I want to make things better. And I was telling Becky before we hit record on this podcast that I have been on hot mess teams that were train wrecks where people quit all of the time because of the way they're mismanaged and misrun. Things are so last minute. And so I knew that every launch I've had has not been perfect. I also know it could be way worse. <laughs> and it's important that I get yeah. my team's feedback, especially because I've gotten to this point where I have some really good team members with really big brains who complement mine really well. And I want their feedback and their input. So can you talk to everyone a little bit about how you picked the most important topics to discuss? 
Yeah. And I just, even before I get into that, Emily, I just want to echo what you're saying. Like, I also have worked on corporate marketing teams that range of hot mess to like pretty functional. And it's kind of why I'm so passionate about this, because I think once I was introduced to the retrospective, to me, it felt like, obviously, like marketing campaigns are not rocket science. People do them all the time. Like if we just get together and talk what worked and what doesn't work the next time, like everyone will have a better experience. And that's how trust is built really. Like, especially when you're talking about remote teams, like freelancers who want to be on their own schedules, like that kind of communication and trust is built in these kinds of meetings. So I just want yeah. to echo what you're saying and like compliment you also for taking the time to do that with your team. Yeah. And let <laughs> so, me add to that. I am one of those yeah. people that if I don't have something very value added to speak up about, like I will tend to remain quiet. And I will be the wallflower. And so if there's a large group or even small group and lots of people are talking, like I don't always throw my ideas in there. I've just always been like that. I tend to keep quiet. And I love that this gave the introvert, the person who's not afraid to speak up, but I just sometimes don't want to add to the clutter unless it's like a really brilliant idea, right? Like I like probably have my own mindset with like, wanting to look smart, right? But it was the safe environment where someone who isn't normally going to like take control of a conversation or lead a conversation can throw their ideas out there too. And you're doing it all on a Trello board, which is amazing because you don't need to speak them. You can just like throw your idea out there. Like you said, like it's pretty much a virtual post-it note that you're just sticking out there and it's something that could be discussed or not. Like there's no pressure. Exactly. Just even to fall to what you said, are asking about prioritization, like that, that really helps. Like everyone gets their sticky notes. Everyone gets their opportunity to say what they want to say. And how I, as a facilitator of retrospectives, help guide the team is looking at kind of what, what are some themes? Like a lot of people are kind of saying the same thing, just in different words. So kind of grouping those things together. And on Trello, you can like move things around to to group them together. And there's also a voting feature on Trello too. So um, we give space to people to really not only write what they thought, but like when they read someone else's, they're like, oh yeah, definitely that. And they can vote on that. So it, it really is this opportunity for everyone to get together and raise their hand on something. Like you said, they wouldn't necessarily take the time or feel comfortable raising in another setting. I don't know if I told you this, but I used to work in the government and I actually tried to be in the Air Force, but I ended up developing asthma. So they didn't let me in. And sometimes I just think like God was looking out for me. He's like, Emily cannot deal with the chain of command, keeping her bearing. And sure enough, it was so true because I had a couple of GS jobs and it shocked me how in the military, you know, culture, the hierarchy, there's this chain of command. And it goes one way down and you are not allowed to say anything. Like if you're wrong, if you disagree with the four star, the base commander, even the puny little major who doesn't know how to spell words right or write complete sentences, like you have to keep your mouth shut. And that is kind of ingrained in me, like being a military spouse, like this chain of command thing. And that is just never how I want to be or want to operate. And I just can't reiterate that enough that like, you cannot be the smartest person in the room. You need to really take everyone else's opinions as part of it when you are the CEO, the entrepreneur. And I have been on teams too where we're afraid to say something because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or the main client is just very sensitive, you know, it just doesn't work in that like 360 way. And it kind of reminded me of like the military chain of command a little bit where it's like, (laughs) down only, you only get told what to do. And if your ideas are just like squashed, so if, if listened to at all. 
So I love this about the retrospective. And we kind of came away with, it was like 60 minutes, right? How many people did I have there? I had five teammates talking about yeah. it. Feel like we could have gone on a whole extra hour. Yeah, exactly. And the more people I recommend, so I recommend about an hour, like up to five people. And then after that, you kind of need 90 minutes because if you're creating a space where everyone has a voice and really can work out things and you need, um, you need more time really to, to accomplish that. So exactly. And I would say one other thing too, which is like the retrospective is like when done often, which is the best way to do it. Like software engineer teams, for instance, like they call it a ritual. A lot of times they do this every two weeks. And it's sort of like a way to exercise like open communication. So if you can't get whatever you need to get out in 60 minutes, it's just like creating a culture of like speaking your mind and giving space for that. And so that's okay that like you couldn't talk about like literally everything in that hour. Okay, good. That was going to be my next question. Do yeah. You, can we do retrospectives outside of launches? Is it something we should be doing with our teams? And if so, when? Yeah, I mean, certainly like people do them sometimes at the end of what's called sprints. So after like a certain period of time, like say two weeks, anytime there's like a milestone to look back at and say like, okay, this was maybe um, because maybe you break your launch out, for instance, into various periods of time, you know, the pre-launch, the during the launch, the webinar period, whatever it is, you could do a retrospective for each of those. But it really depends on the team, what you guys are have time for and, and what you find like useful. Yeah, I could also see it working well with projects like large, I'm thinking of like agencies, like I had a friend telling me the other day that it was such a hot mess working on this funnel project and she was hired in as a subcontractor and they never sat down and went over it or tried to improve it. And then they contacted her and said, hey, would you help us again with this other thing? And she was like, no, I won't. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah. That, that would have been a, a nice time for that retrospective and that feedback. And it's not necessarily like some projects are small, they might not require it, but those larger ones that require multiple people, that could be good. Hey, it's Emily. I'm interrupting my own show to remind you to go grab my roadmap to becoming a launch manager. Save yourself 5K, skip the project and fancy launch manager certifications. Get your foot in the door with these tasks, doing these roles right now and start leveling up to an elevated and high paying role of launch manager. Plus being a launch manager is really fun. The adrenaline, the culmination of all your work, you're going to love it. Go grab that at emilyreaganpr.com slash roadmap or in the show notes below. All right, back to the show. The other thing I would say is like the retrospective is sort of designed for the team that's going to be moving forward. Okay. So it really could be like potentially you know you want to work with another contractor and agency again for sure do it it's sort of best like utilized with a team that has like a lot of motivation to improve for the future because they're all going to like work together and who you want to like foster that trust with so i think it honestly works it, it can work in a lot of scenarios but i definitely think it works when you have this team that you're kind of like wanting to grow and build over time okay that's good so like if she had been a part of yeah. it that would have been a great fit oh interesting so what kind of entrepreneur, I'm struggling with the word today, CEO, like I, sometimes I feel stupid saying CEO, but what kind of business owner is best fit for using you for their services to run this? Yeah. So I would say somebody who is at the beginning of sort of growing their roster, of, whether they have employees and they're new to it, or they have sort of a roster of freelancers that they're working with. And 
maybe that team doesn't know each other because everyone lives in different places. They're just coming on, you know, but I would even say I have run retrospectives with just two people too, like me and then a entrepreneur and their VA, because sometimes it's so busy, the VA and the, and the solo entrepreneur don't necessarily chat all the time about what's working, what's not. So anywhere I would say between like two to 10 people. So sometimes business owners like you, like bring in a ton of freelancers for a launch. And then sometimes people have more steady work. So it really could be, it could be anything, any number of people. So Becky, when it comes to launches, as business owners, like we're in the weeds and we're spending money right and left, Facebook ads, copywriters and whatnot. Why should we invest time and money into a retrospective? I think it kind of goes against maybe popular wisdom that like it's worth your time and your the the time of your freelancers to sit down and talk about like what worked and didn't and air their feelings and things like that. But actually, like some of the most successful and kind of forward thinking companies, tech companies right now are doing these rituals. So if that's like one reason, but also, you know, research actually shows that teams improve their performance by 25% if they do what's called a debrief, which is basically chatting afterwards about what worked and what didn't work. There's actual research behind it. It's not just fluff. And I would say too, like, I would even say above and beyond corporate teams, teams that are made up of freelancers in this kind of wild west remote space could benefit even more, I think, from that rare opportunity to sit down and talk about what worked and didn't work. Because there's lots of different you know, personalities and motivations for like working independently. And so if you're working now as a team together, having that space to talk is like even more important for your performance. Oh my gosh. And there was just something so powerful about you setting the meeting and it being on my calendar and not something that I could cancel or delay. Because I mean, things got bananas after the launch. And having that deadline and that accountability and that third party person that I need to show up for and my team needs to show up for, like there's something powerful there too. And I've done my own launches for a few years now. This was the first time I had this many people helping me. And even my launch earlier in early 2022, I meant to do this. And I was just kind of voxering with my teammate who was my biggest help. And we never did sit down and do it. And I know better, Becky. I know better. And we had the what's working, what's not working, what do we need to improve, like working Google Doc happening. I have the launch, all the launch debrief templates, but sitting down and really focusing on this was something that like I was lacking. So I think this is so cool. You're offering this service. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it looks like for us to work with you and bring you in to do it? Sure. Yeah. So I do a lot of like custom work, whether it's operations or content for clients right now. Right now I'm offering, you know, one off, like I will facilitate a retrospective for your team when you need it. But also it might be helpful for entrepreneurs who have regular launches, I can come in and do a package of a couple of these a year for you. But I also offer above and beyond retrospectives. I help entrepreneurs who are ready to bring on a team, but have never worked remotely. I can sort of set that up. I can help train your VA. I have a lot of different offerings. If you go to my website, beckyrubenstein.com, and you can find out more. Yes. So if you're listening to this and you're a digital marketing assistant or you're a virtual assistant, and this is something you know your client needs, you see them on the struggle bus and they're a little bit of a hot mess and they should just be doing it even if they're organized. You can also go hire Becky to come in and do this for you too. 
Yeah. And if you want to run a retrospective yourself, I actually have a template available on my website, beckyrubinstein.com slash retrospective. And you can click a link there and do that and run it yourself if that's what you want to do. Awesome. Thank you for the freebie. No problem. It does just help to have a third party. If you can't have a third party, you can still make it work with your team. And I think it would be really valuable to bring to your clients that this is a thing that OBMs use and directors of operations use when your team kind of gets to that higher level where they're running lots of launches and running lots of projects. So I think it would show a lot of value to your client to actually bring this as a, as a tool to your team, especially if you find that your projects and launches are chaos. Yeah. And you can refer back. You do. I can't stress this enough, but we're doing so much. We go from launching to like serving those clients, right? It's just like one thing after another. And it's a constant like to-do list for me. So just to have little things off my plate and just know they're being handled by someone who knows what they're doing is so well worth it to me. And I know next time I launch, I'm going to be having Becky do the same thing because it helped me out. Plus, I got to learn a little bit more about Trello and do some things like I didn't know were possible. And I've been using Trello for years and I didn't know I could vote on things and I didn't know how to like run it quite like Becky did. And so I learned a lot in that process too. But I'm not at the point where I I can just add more to my current teammates. Like they're in the weeds. We have other goals and priorities. And so sometimes it's normal, especially for launches, to bring extra contractors and extra help in. I mean, we do that with copywriters. We do that with affiliate managers sometimes are hired outside and even launch managers are hired outside. So having a retrospective, it just makes sense. And for all the reasons Becky explained, it improves your team performance and it really sets you up for success for the next launch when you have everything well-documented, you've taken action on your action steps and you can just get better and better. And you're not just every, I don't know, depending on how often you launch, like I'm not launching again for another year. Like all of this information is going to go stale. As much as I say, oh, I'll remember this. I never do. I never do. And so at least it's all documented on a very pretty uh, cello board. And my team is also super motivated to help me in these areas where we're weak and it didn't become my problem. (laughs) Like they're handling it and that felt amazing. And I cannot thank you enough for that. Wow. Yeah. And I think that comes from an ethos of of this way of working that you were describing, which is, you know, teams that are run by teams and that feel sort of the accountability and agency to make change once they're part of these conversations about how to make it. So kudos to you, Emily, for doing this and for, for leading by example, you know. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. Okay. This is so much fun. I know it's going to open everyone's eyes to this retrospective we should be doing. Thank you for bringing this up. Thank you for approaching me and having the guts to do that. And you're like, hey, can I do this? Like, absolutely. Uh, where can everyone connect with you and refer our yeah. clients or possibly schedule a retrospective for you to run? The two best ways to reach me are Instagram at Becky Rubenstein. It's just my name. I'm sure you'll find that in the show notes and my website, beckyrubenstein.com. And that's where you can schedule even just a call to figure out like, do I need a retrospective or what else? You know, maybe there's something else going on in your business operations wise or content wise that I can help with. So yeah, go on there to schedule time to talk with me. All right. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate your insight. Thanks, Emily. hope you love this podcast. The best thing you can do to support us is tag us on Instagram, 
tag Becky, tag me, and let us know what you thought. And please share this podcast with a friend. My goal is that you become smart, you look smart, you come to your clients offering the best services, and you're the most competent. And I hope this podcast helps you do it. And if you're just nerding out on this marketing, you're all in with this stuff, you need to be inside the digital marketing workgroup. The application is below in the show notes. We're opening the doors again in March, and you are going to love linking arms with fellow freelancers, learning from others who are doing the work, tapping into advanced trainings like becoming a podcast manager, getting involved in launches, how to do PR and press kits and pitching, and so many more technical trainings are in this work group. But really, the power is in the community. If you're doing the work, you don't have to be alone. There's strength in numbers. There's strengths by knowing what other people charge, by having a pool of coworkers who are also doing the work and can give you reliable and honest feedback, and sometimes encouragement, right? There's sticky client situations. Our husbands, our spouses, our partners, our friends, our moms and dads, don't always know what's going on and understand our lingo. So this is your place to talk shop. Get your applications in now. So when we open the door, you will be included. Make sure you grab Becky's retrospective at beckyrubenstein.com slash retrospective. You can grab her template and apply this immediately in your client's launches. Okay, now I promised you a couple things from my launch, some juicy tidbits that I needed to improve. And it was really fascinating and also no surprise, but it made me feel very vulnerable because let's face it, I've been a part of some big, hot, messy launches and I don't want to be that client. So I put extra pressure on myself, extra, extra pressure. And it just never goes perfectly. There's always something to improve. We gotta let that go. We also have to choose what we focus on, right? We can't prioritize everything. Okay, so I'm gonna look at my Trello board and tell you what my team wanted to improve, first of all. Now, we just had a really big launch of the UDMA school. It opens once a year to a live cohort. It's a big deal. We really serve these students and make sure they have the best training and the best support, and it's just something we do once a year. Now, Little Birdie is out there telling you we will be opening the self-study very soon, very, very soon, and it's coming if you're interested, but we're not going to launch this again until the fall. It is what it is. Okay. So what were people complaining about on my team? First of all, one little tidbit you can take away, the nomenclature. Now, I am such a stickler inside UDMA that I teach my unicorns to name things the same way and be very intentional with that. That way, like groups of folders come together, groups of tags come together. It's so nerdy. But on my own team, I onboarded two teammates right before the launch, and it was a little bit of a throw them in and, you know runaway <laughs> situation. And we had two different names for things. And so they were getting really confused. So we're making sure next time we title all of our launch items the same, whether it's cycle two, cycle three, cycle four, or we go to spring 2022 or fall 2022. It was a little bit of a mess. So we're trying to be consistent. Another thing that we needed to do better was have more regular meetings and touch points. I don't like meetings, guys. I don't want my calendar full of meetings and Zoom meetings. But going into a launch, we should have been meeting at least once a week. Our sales page was done at the last minute, but that was something kind of beyond our control. What else here? Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm just like opening the curtains here. Our overall organization was not the best. I've been trying to adapt Asana better. 
for a while there, it was me and a teammate just kind of doing everything and driving off of each other. So I think the overall organization of things wasn't the best, but we've been trying to adapt Asana. And for outside people, that was a little bit confusing. And the thing we're really working on is having defined roles and responsibilities. There's confusion on who's doing what. When you're having three webinars, who's going to be here? Who's going to be supporting? Who can't make it? Who's traveling? Who's getting married? It was just a little bit of a cluster and stressful. We did have things that went really well. As you know, our pre-launch content was on fire. We had batched social media. We had excellent email execution and planning. We had very engaged audiences and really great workshops. Uh, Some of the things that went really well, our affiliate promotion organization was on point. We didn't have a lot of affiliate sales. The quality of our affiliates are not generally, it's like generally freelancers like you listening who don't have big audiences, but just getting those assets ready to be open to future affiliate partners was crucial and we did that really well. Our painful bonus was great. Our private podcast was great. We had really good launch events. So, okay. And so then from this, we came out with big action items of having a better calendar, having a dedicated launch manager, and outlining roles and responsibilities are like our big things that we could do. And a lot of what I've noticed as being part of launches is getting your clients to decide on the price, the offer, all those little nuances of bonuses, fast action bonuses, mid-cart bonuses, painful bonuses, all of that needs to be decided early so the team can be on the same page. I know that that has been a pretty overwhelming thing for me being a part of launches. And the other thing, just Voxer communication channels. I can remember getting on with my team and seeing I had missed 98 Voxer messages and it just being super overwhelming. So being very intentional with Voxer. At the same time, me as the business owner and the launcher, I was looking for moral support. I was looking for a little bit more engagement from my team. And there was just days I wouldn't hear from people. And I kind of thought, what's going on? You know, like I didn't want to overwhelm them with Voxer and be that client. So just kind of seeing who's working, I we probably should have had a little better arrangement of office hours and who's doing that. And so what we talked about with Becky is just making sure you have a place to store these thoughts and having a safe place to give your feedback to the team so they can do better, so everyone can be operating at their highest level in their best zone. And that's really what this is all about. Now, I know for the next launch, I want to assign somebody to just report numbers every day. That's really, data is really crucial to me. I want to know what's the wait list, what are the watches, what are the clicks, what are the important numbers that I'm tracking. I was doing all of that myself. I still do a lot of work myself, guys. So I know I want to get that off my plate. Maybe a little bit more of the social media scheduling. We're getting there. We're getting there. Oh my gosh. I hope you loved this podcast series. Again, the best thing you can do is tell a friend about it. Open their eyes to the marketing world. If they're thinking about freelancing, if you know a mom friend who wants to work nine to two while her kids are in school, if you have a friend who's smart and savvy and would pick this up and just needs an edge, a point in the right direction, share my podcast. They're going to start soaking it up. Some of my earlier episodes are more for beginners. When we go into launching UDMA school in the fall, we're going to kind of repeat a few of those, but you'll be doing your friend a good service. So just tell one friend about it and Emily will thank you. Okay. You know what's coming up in the next series? I cannot wait to tell you. We've got some pretty big names booked for a whole copywriting series. 
Here's the thing. Your job as any kind of marketer requires copy. It is a requirement. And I don't mean just AI and the ability to write. It's the ability to know when copy sucks and how to help your client get through there how to help your client get better with their messaging, and for you to see opportunities. So the next couple podcasts, we have some pretty big names, Marisa Corcoran, Tarzan Kay, Laura Belgray, Kim Keel, Amy Leisner. It's going to be amazing. Stay tuned, hit subscribe, and don't miss another episode. I'll see you soon. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. This is hard to get in the mental space after Thanksgiving. What was I thinking? Letting you schedule on Monday, but I was like, we are not changing this. Yes, I found it. I was like really trying not to cough the entire time you said that.